Episode 2, Sports Life and Everything in Between. I got Caden here with me this time. He's starting the episode next to me, so I don't have to reel him in from uh, from his phone and the couch about 15 feet away. Um, we're excited to get back with you guys here. Again, one thing about this pod that we're doing right now, literally just recording off a phone, so there's going to be errors. There might even be some things that we say incorrectly. We're not correcting it. We're just we're just going uninhibited here, and we're just uh, shooting from the hip. We, we put some notes down on paper before we start. Um, just to make sure that, that we get across our points. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the last two games of the Cubs-Blue Jays series. Um, the Cubs ended up taking that series 2-1. to one. Uh, In the pilot, we covered the first game in the series, so we're going to focus on the second two games. We're also going to give you guys a, a youth sports update, let you know how our weekend in youth sports went. And then we're going to be closing out with a, a hot take that I'm going to give on Shohei Otani and see if Caden wants to debate me on that a little bit. So today's episode is going to be a little bit short. It's going to be quick. We're just uh, we're at Sunday night here, and we just want to cover some of the basics, keep you up to date with the Cubs, and then continue with our uh, with our podcast here. So first and foremost, let's get to this this uh, game two in the Cubs Blue Jays series. Um, they end up going one and one in these last two games. They're eighteen and seven in their last twenty five. So by taking this series two to one. Um, the Cubs are doing what they need to do. They need to continue to win series. They also need to beat teams that are above 500. And, you know, beating a team like the Blue Jays, that's a, that's a good accomplishment. So we're glad to see that. Um, in the first game here, my notes, uh, my basics would just be that, that belly staying hot. Uh, the middle relief to the closer, Alzale, is working as well. Um, I'm going to bring Caden in just to give some of his game analysis from that, from game two of this series. And then I'll fill in a little bit. Caden, what do you got? All right, so some of my notes I went down from uh, from game two of the Blue Jays series. So, you know, as, as first of all, I think we've done a good job keeping our confidence up. You know, even we've done a good job bouncing back after losses. You know, um, well, first I wrote down is Justin Steele. You know, he's been our most consistent pitcher. You know, I don't care what you say about Marcus Stroman. You know, he's been very good too. But you're, when you're talking about consistency and quality starts, and, you know, like I said, Marcus Stroman's injuries have affected him. And before his injury, he's kind of been on a downfall. Justin Steele has been really consistent for us. You know, five innings, three on runs. He did a good job keeping us in the game and really, you know, limiting the runs. Um, but, you know, clutch hitting, I think that's really been the important thing for us. Clutch hitting, you know, Bellinger and Horner had big days. Of course, Morrell. I mean, he probably had the biggest hit without that hit from Morrell. We probably do not win that game. I mean, especially with the Blue Jays, you know, tying up the game. And then um, us bouncing back in the ninth with Morrell uh, with that big hit. I mean, that's just a game changer right there. We should probably add there, you know, the Cubs took this game 5-4. to four. Um, In the ninth inning, Bellinger starts it off with a, with a double. And uh, Morell ends up bringing him in for that run that ended up being the, the game-winning run. And Morell seemed to do that a lot this year. I mean, Morell has been uh, one of our most clutch hitters. I mean, and, and quite frankly, Bellinger is quietly, I mean, not quietly for us because we're Cubs fans, but quietly for the league having an MVP caliber season. I mean, he's got his average up close to 330. He, he's, again, we mentioned it in the last pod, he's just doing so many different things for this team. Um, he's been amazing, and, and going back to, to some things we've already mentioned with this relief pitching, where you get a guy like Merriweather to come in, this guy's throwing a, you know throwing in the triple digits, 
He's really looking sharp. Um, our closer, I'm not sure on his final numbers here, but Alzale is shutting games down for us. I think he's only got one blown save. Um, they're really putting together a good system there. When it seems like the Cubs fall behind in games, um, they're able to you know to piecemeal that bullpen together and not use the arms that they're going to need um, when they're trying to secure a lead. So, again, that, that first, the second game in the series where they went up 2-0, was just a was was a combination of uh, solid pitching and then obviously clutch hitting to close it down. Any other thoughts on that uh, on that second game of the series, Kate? Um, you know I felt like it was a, a good back and forth game. You know, the Blue Jays they took they took the lead and then the Cubs they took it back and then it was just a good back and forth game. And you know, against good offenses and good teams and good pitching, I feel like that's really good. We got a lot of grit and I felt like our defense was very good. You know. Like I said, we have a very sound defense, especially with the infield with Swanson and Horner. We got two shortstops up the middle, and then you got a lot of flexibility. You could put Wisdom, Magical, Candelario. I mean, of course, our catching positions really not the best, but you got a lot of depth with Amaya, Gomes, and you know Barnhart, uh, and of course our outfield with Talkman, Bellinger, Suzuki, Hap. I mean, that's really strong too. But you know, like. Um, like he said, you know, our bullpen's been very good. And, you know, you get I had a guy like Kuas, Merriweather, Alzlai. You know, I know um, in game two, Lyther Jr. and Fulmer did not have the best um, outings. But, like I said, everyone else did a good job um, backing up, backing up Lyther and Fulmer. Um, not just the bullpen, but the offense um, bouncing back after that. Let's jump to the final game of the series here. I mean, at the, the final game, the Cubs ended up losing 11-4. to uh, talk a little bit about that, the starting pitcher there, Caden, and tell me about maybe some of his struggles. I know he, he hasn't been bad this year, but what were your thoughts on his outing here? It looked like the Blue Jays got to him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we've done a good job over this um, three-game stretch of really limiting the Blue Jays' offense. We haven't really let them get into, like, a confidence where they just keep on loading. It just felt like, you know, talent was just not right, you know, missing spots. You know, it's fastball. When you throw that fastball from the middle of the plate, it's going to get hit. Um, and, you know, when you, when you miss your spots, you don't throw consistent strikes, your pitch count goes up, and you just let the Blue Jays get into a sink. Um, it's just, you know, you're talking about limiting the damage, and they did a good job um, having those couple big innings and just keep adding on in the offense. Like I said, our offense is a big uh, part of our game, and when our offense does not bounce back, uh, it's pretty hard to win games. And our defense, you know, our defense has been so sound. And, you know, not putting in Kendall Lario, that's tough. And, you know, David Ross really wants to put, put in Patrick Wisdom. As you can see in this game, he hit a home run. And that's one of the big reasons why you want Patrick Wisdom in this game. But, you know, when you got, you know, got like Bellinger at first, and you could put in uh, Bellinger at first, and, you know, Wisdom and Kendall Lario, and you could put Magical at third. It's really hard to put in Patrick Wisdom. I mean, you got a lot of guy. When you got a guy like Wisdom who could strike out and only strike out and hit a home run. Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in there. I mean, you know, I had a couple quick thoughts on this game. Number one is, you know, Wisdom's Wisdom uh, just, you know, he's batting sub two hundred. He seems to get a lot of hits when you don't really need him. Kind of like those, you know. I remember the other day he hit a home run off a position player. Um, here he gets another home run, kind of late in the game when it doesn't matter. As opposed to Candelario, I mean, this, this is a guy that's been come out hot for us. 
Um, we're going to continue to want to see more of him. So that was one of my thoughts. Um, I like the way Dansby swing on the bat. Obviously one of the best defensive shortstops um, in the league, and we're just really happy to have him as a Cub. I, I like the way he plays the game. Um, it's the way it's meant to be played, and just have enjoyed seeing him really get hot after the All-Star break here. A couple comments on the Blue Jays. I mean, without Bichette in the lineup, um, they, they really put something together here. They you know they got this Whit Merrifield that they picked up from KC. He's really solid. I think he had four hits in this game. Uh, this Varsho, uh, Dalton Varsho, five RBIs. And, of course, Vlad Jr. I mean, they really got some offense. This is a tough team. I mean, we can uh, – what, they're 66 and 54 on the year. Um, they're eight games back in their division. I, they're probably in the shake for, for a wild card there. But they got a solid club. And, um, like I said, with that Merrifield at the top there, you you, you got to watch out for him. They're a, dangerous, they're a dangerous lineup. It's good to get through them with this 2-1 to one series win. Again, looking back on that Mets series, those are the types of ones we can't lose. We're going to look back on those games at the end of the year if we're not there. Um, if we're not in the playoffs, we're like, man, those were the games that we needed. Caden, what do you want to add there? Yeah, so another thing I had to add was um, it just felt like nothing came together. You know, um, you know, like I said, our offense really cannot get into a rhythm. Hinge and Ryu did a good job settling down. You know, I know he's been really off this year, especially with injuries and really not finding um, into a rhythm. But it looked like Hinge and Ryu did a really good job against the Cubs, you know, locking, you know, um, pitching very well against a really good offense like the Cubs. But definitely, uh, this was a good game. You know, there was a lot of negatives to this game, but also a lot of, a few positives. Um, like I said, wisdom on the home run, we really needed to see him uh, get some, maybe get some confidence. Um, but I feel like overall the bullpen was all right, you know. Um, you know, Wisnecki, Hayden Wisnecki, I feel like he's a guy, he's an up-and-down player. Um, you know, of course, he was coming into this um, year a starter, going to the bullpen. Same as Smiley. You know, Smiley pitched all right. Palantino was good. You know, I feel like he has not been the best. Um, but he's a guy that has a lot of young talent. And then Killian, guy we just called up. You know, he had a good, he, um, had a good first appearance, but the second appearance was not the best. So, you know, like I said, nothing came together. And, you know, we've done really good at bouncing back after losses. We're hoping that we can get a nice off day That's and baseball, bounce back man. into I the White Sox. What do we got? We got the Sox next. So it would be nice to get back in there and take care of a couple games against the White Sox. It's always nice to beat them at the Crosstown Rivalry. So we'll see where that goes. And we will we'll jump back on a pod to discuss the, uh, the, the Cubs-White Sox. We'll either do one at the end of the series or, or do them in between games, and we'll, you know, do everything to keep you guys posted on this Cubs this Cubs team as they make a push for the for the postseason here. Um, second thing we wanted to jump on was a youth sports update for the for our weekend. Um, we are not in Caden's travel baseball season, so what he has going on right now is uh, freshman football uh, combined with a light fall ball schedule. And this weekend, his fall ball coach put together a uh, a game that they got to play at the Joliet Slammer Stadium. So, Caden, um, speak for a second just about how it was to play at basically a, a semi-pro or professional stadium, and just kind of how that how that felt and what you what you thought about that. Oh, uh, it felt good. You know, uh, good experience. Definitely. You know, um, I had a tournament with my regular team with 90 uh with 14 fields and you know playing shortstop um especially i was worried about the throw but you know I, I did a good job adjusting but it was just a great experience you know a lot of you know um all turf good dugouts you know of course the great 
um, stands, and you know, it was just a great experience. What Caden's referencing there, for, for those of you that don't know, is so when you progressively move through the, the, the levels of travel at 12U, you got 70-foot bases, and a 50-foot mound, 13U, you got 80-foot bases, and a 54-foot uh, mound. And then once you get the 14, you, you move to the full-size field, which is your 60-foot, 6-inch uh, pitching, and then 90-foot bases. So now that this was a 14-U fall ball, it was the full-size field. So you see kids, you know, having to put a little extra on, on their throws, particularly from short and third. Um, you see kids getting thrown out more stealing uh, with that extra, you know, with that extra distance that they're traveling. So it's always fun to, to see these games starting to look more like, uh, like the professional game now. And, but it was a fun experience, and we really thank the coach for, for putting that together. And for, for teams, you know, local teams in, in the area that don't know, uh, this stadium in Joliet, Illinois, uh, the Slammer Stadium, they do open it up, and, and they allow uh, teams to put together scrimmages there and, and play on the field. Uh, they get to do that for 90 minutes, and it's a really cool experience. So I'm sure if you look up Joliet Slammers online, you can – you can find out more about that if you wanted to get your team out there. I know that the the game before us looked like it was some youngsters. There was uh, looked like it was maybe eleven U out there playing on the field. Um, so that tells me that it's all ages, and you can get your team out there and 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 have some reps on the pro field. So that was really the the main thing this weekend was just playing a game out on that Slammers Park. Caden's um, jumping back into freshman football practice early tomorrow morning. That is basically every single day you have practice on Monday to Saturday. And then they'll be playing, I think, a scrimmage game this weekend, and then they'll fall into their normal schedule. So we'll keep you posted with the, the freshman experience. I think I noted that he, he didn't play uh, lower levels of football. So it's kind of his first go-round with this. And um, it, it's kind of fun for, for me to learn, and I'll fill you guys in as that goes along. Do you want to add anything, Kane, about the sports weekend or – Anything else regarding that game? I, they did lose the game, by the way. It was 5-2, to two, but it was a good game. Uh, it was played clean. The other team had a couple of really good arms, and it, we never really got the bats going. So do you want to say, add anything? Yeah, you know, clean game. Just couldn't get the timely hitting. Timely hitting is correct. Uh, had, the bases, had the bases jammed a couple times, um, and like I say, just couldn't get that big hit in that big moment. Um, but again, it was a fun game, and it's nice to see you know playing close, competitive baseball is really where the kids are going to learn, uh, learn the most about the game. You don't want to be on on a crooked on a crooked number either way, as a win or a loss. So I'm gonna give my hot take here to close this out, and it's just something that that's that's crossed my mind here recently, and that is what Shohei Otani is doing. I mean, I, I bring it up, I, I know. It's uh, showtime, and people talk about it, and everybody, you know, thinks it's you know, they think it's special. But I don't think anybody really realizes how special this is. What Shohei's doing, um, being one of the the top pitchers in the league at this point, I don't know where you'd put him, but I, I find it hard to believe he'd take more than ten pitchers before Shohei Otani right now. And then I don't think you'd take but maybe a handful of hitters above the guy. And the reason that I think if, if he can continue this for even two more years, he's going to be considered one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And I think it's fair. 
And the reason that I think it's fair is because the game is so specialized now. The game is, I mean, they are taking kids right now at 15 U and turning them to uh, POs, which is a pitcher-only scenario. They are starting to do that maybe even as soon as 14 in some travel organizations where kids are becoming POs. It's unheard of for somebody to be able, it's basically like being a professional football player and a professional baseball player. That's how unique it is um, that he's doing both of these things so well at the top of the game. It's so special. It's so amazing. And we just tune in anytime we can watch him do anything. Today, he hit his 40, uh, 41st home run of the season. So he's tied for the league lead there. He's batting over 300. Uh, he gets on base a lot. He's fast. He's an extremely good athlete. Um, when you watch him on the mound, you can see cerebrally he's really starting to um, engage in how to change up his pitches, how to manage these at-bats. Um, and he, he goes in and out of each at-bat. I shouldn't say at-bat. Each individual that he faces, he, he's calculating. And he's just become a true pro pitcher now on top of what he's doing at the plate. So it's just been amazing. And I, and I just want to say that I, I, I want to have the argument. I want to have the debate with somebody that's going to tell me how this guy is not one of the greatest baseball players of all time if he can continue this for – I mean, basically, he's in his third year right now. This is going to be his third year of complete domination in this league. And when you start talking about things like war and wins above replacement, how do you calculate that for a guy like Shohei Otani? And the other thing I, you know, I'll add about him is he's going to leave, and he's going to leave 100%. And the reason is is because what he's generated in an Angels uniform is done, meaning that you know they only are going to sell so many Shohei journey, jerseys in an Angel uniform and things like that. If he came to any of the big dogs, any of the big-time organizations – we're talking Yankees, Dodgers, Giants. These are the ones that are going to be in the running for him. If I had to guess, I think he's going to be a Dodger. It keeps him close to where he's comfortable and familiar. Um, but the amount of money this guy's going to bring to these organizations just in jersey sales and things of that nature is going to be unbelievable. So I do see him leaving. I do see him as a Dodger. Um, I would love to see him on the north side. I'd love to see him as a Cub. I don't see it. Um, I don't see it happening, but God, it would be amazing. And, and he would, he's going to be a $500 million player. I mean, this guy, this is, this is what it's going to be. And, um, again, we'll see where he lands. Um, and at some other time we will talk the Cubs and economics and we, we will discuss how our expectation is that the Cubs behave like the Yankees and not like the Marlins in terms of how they try to rebuild and things like that. But that's a show for another day. But right now, um, I'm going to jump on a pod in a year or two, and I'm going to say Shohei Otani is the greatest player of all time, and somebody's going to somebody's going to go at it with me. So I'm going to I'm going to enjoy that quite a bit. I'm looking forward to seeing what more he can do, if anything, more than what he's doing already. Um, so that's my piece, Caden. You want to add anything on Shohei? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the Angels they try to um don't go in at the trade deadline. They acquired. You know, Randall Gujic and uh, C.J. Crone, they were trying, they were, the Angels front office was basically, you know, trying to tell Shohei Otani they, they want him to stay, you know, going after big players, trying to make a big push to playoffs. But, you know, right now, they're, they're on a big stretch. And right now, I mean, they got to go on a big run and going out of the trade deadline, um, I mean, they've been in such a big slump and, you know, 
People say they still have a small, small chance in the division. Actually, no, never mind. They're 11.5 games out, and they got the Red Hot Seattle Mariners, and of course the Houston Astros behind them. I mean, ahead of them. Excuse me. Um, and then the wild card. I mean, the wild, the AL wild card is just super, just like competitive. I mean, I feel like the NL is a little more competitive just when you're looking at more teams making pushes. Um, but when you're looking at you know, how many good teams and how many, like, for example, Boston, you know, this is a team that had zero expectations coming into this year, trading Martinez and Bogarts, um, and they're right in it. New York, of course, you can't forget the Yankees. Cleveland Gardens could go on a push. They've been kind of silent this year. Um, it just seems like if the Angels, if they made a push, which I don't think they will, they would have kept Shoyo Tani, but Shoyo Tani is not like Mike Trout. He wants to win. And um, I just don't see the Angels making it. I mean, there's too many good teams up ahead, and I just see them go to a team like the Yankees, teams that I have experience winning and want to win. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, it's hard to hear it. I know what you're saying about Trout. He doesn't seem to be priority A uh, winning the, the, the way that he kind of, you know, just seems to be comfortable with the Angels. Um, and, and we love Trout. I mean, we think he's an amazing player. I think – you know, I, I think Trout is fantastic, but I at the same time, eventually people are going to have to start notching Trout down this list of, oh, he's the best player in the game, hands down, best player in the game, because quite frankly, right now, the last two seasons, the guy's just not there. I mean, it's almost like Anthony Davis with the Lakers. Like, if you're not playing, you're not going to be considered one of the best players in the game. And right now, when, when Trout's team needs him to make a playoff push, he's not there. And last year, he was out a ton. And the year before that, he started missing some games. So that's unfortunate. We want to see a healthy Mike Trout. I wanted to see a healthy Mike Trout and a healthy Shohei Otani go through a season together and see if they can make a push and see if they can get the team. I mean, the Angels have tried. They had Madden there. You know, they tried some different things. The team just can't seem to get over the hump. They never really seem to put together a pitching rotation. You know, they brought in Rendon for his bat. He hasn't been the same guy since leaving the Nats. Uh, so, again, they, they just keep kind of swinging and missing here. But Shohei's exciting. Shohei's going to be the most exciting thing going on in baseball for the foreseeable future, unless there's a, a, a devastating injury or you know something along those lines. In the meantime, enjoy those 450-foot bombs that he's hitting. Enjoy every at-bat you see the guy in. Enjoy every time you see him at the mound, because I do not know when the next time you, you may never see anything like this again. So that's my last piece there. Uh, we thank you very much for sports life and everything in between. We are going to come back at you later this week. We're going to keep launching these pods. We're going to try to get a following here. And um, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Caden? Bye.